Welcome to Gateway to Growth, a new series of podcasts brought to you by JCB, Japan's only international payments brand. In each episode, you hear a discussion between guests at the sharp end of business change and transformation in the payment sector. We'll be putting important topics under the microscope in each episode, ranging from why partnerships are a priority to what are the essential e-commerce trends you need to understand. JCB provides cutting-edge payment solutions for our 140 million car members worldwide, and our cards are now issued in 24 countries and territories, including China, Korea, Taiwan, Thailand, Vietnam, and Russia. We have 60 years of experience to draw upon, so prepare yourself for a good half hour's worth of useful insights, advice, and anecdotes. Hello, and welcome back to JCB's Gateway to Growth podcast. I'm Victoria Pereira Usher, Head of Marketing and Communications at JCB International Europe. In this episode, I'll be diving into what the boom in e-commerce in Asia means for European merchants and payment partners. To help pull out insights and shed light on some of these trends, I'm excited to welcome as my guest, my colleague, Thomas Heigl, Senior Vice President, Sales and Marketing at JCB International. Welcome. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. So greetings from London to Vienna, Thomas. Welcome to our second podcast, uh, talking about all things e-commerce. But before we immerse ourselves, Thomas, could you please just tell us what your role at JCB is? I have been with JCB now for more than 20 years, so I had uh, many different roles, so to say. But uh, in essence, I'm a senior vice president for sales and marketing. We are here for our partners. So that is our mission here. Not only my mission, but of course the mission of the whole JCB Europe team. I, I myself actually am not a banker. I come from the I come from the service industry, and uh, I see cards, actually, and payments. That is a service. I see that as clearly as a service, a service which we offer to our card members and which we also offer to our partners, uh, business partners. Uh, you know the the partners who accept the GSB cards for payment. Um, or of course, these are all the merchants of, of, of this world, but these are also uh, the banks and the acquirers, so the parties who process process the payments and the cards. Of course, also there's a, a big variety of, of cultures and, uh, and uh, payment ecosystems in, in Europe. And that's also very fascinating for me to build the bridges here, to, to be here for our partners, to understand the needs to serve the needs of our partners, but also our card members. We are the bridge to Asia. So that's kind of the function and the role I have, we have in Europe. So you're a politician in payments, Thomas. Oh, wow, politician. Mm, a diplomat, I would say. Diplomat. <laughs> diplomat, yes. So Thomas, you're a diplomat in sales. Thank you so much for explaining what you do. Just to, to maybe ask one further question in relation to your role, what are the territories that you cover? Well, quite a number of European countries. So I, I, I myself, I'm, I'm working from Vienna. Uh, I'm based in Vienna, but I'm normally uh, pre-pandemic. Uh, I used to travel quite a lot uh, because I have a team in the UK. Uh, I have a team in Germany that looks after the German market. And I have a team in Austria uh, based in Vienna that looks after uh, Vienna, Switzerland, so Central European countries, the so to say Dach countries, uh, Deutschland, Austria, Switzerland, and then of course also the Nordics, Eastern European countries and some Southern European countries like Cyprus, Greece, 
and so forth. So that, that's quite a big variety of, of different cultures. It's definitely a varied list, but I think, and the reason I asked you that, uh, Thomas, is because when we delve into talking about the JCB customer base, in this mm -hmm. case, card members, mm -hmm. it is important to talk about regions and territories yeah. as it pertains to preferences from different groups. Very much so, yeah, that's right. My next question for you really is to sort of really delve into uh, e-commerce. So we've recently uh, finished a report entitled E-commerce Business Without Borders. And if you think about the, the situation that we find ourselves in, uh, you know, the, we've seen an incredible amount of focus and transition from, from a bricks and mortar, traditional bricks and mortar purchasing journey of the Asian customer into e-commerce. So there's obviously a huge trend, but specifically in the report that we've just launched, Thomas, is there a one statistic that stood out to you? Um, and why did that statistic stand out for you? Yeah, I think especially when it comes to e-commerce, um, the of course, the most eye-catching for me is um, that that is the virtual, the overall virtual spending trend of JCB card members. I mean, the JCB online sales increased by more than 300% between 2016 and 2019. Um, I think that's quite an impressive figure. And, uh, and that is the result of a, of a combination of a big card member appetite for online shopping. Uh, but uh, not only that, it is also the the, const, the constant effort uh, of of a continued establishment of of uh, efficient JCB online acceptance, that in alliance with really uh, strong, very sophisticated partners across the region in Europe, but of course also in Asia and and in the US, so on really on a global scale. What I really can say is that is clearly a pre-pandemic trend. Um, so that's not something which was made because of COVID-19. Um, um, it, is, it is a trend which already occurred uh, before COVID. Um, and for example, um, uh, in, in Japan, uh, E-Trade with retail partners outside of Japan increased by 4%. Um, and the, the, the trend of the top 50 e-commerce retailers outside of Japan um, so the sales increased by 15% already pre-pandemic. So we can see here um, clearly uh, that uh, the Chinese, Japanese, uh, Asian card members are really getting more and more sophisticated in, in they are getting more and more comfortable when it comes to online shopping. Um, so we have, of course, we have this, the classic countries, uh, China and, and Japan, but we also have new countries that are coming. Um, so uh, just some, some figures, quite eye-catching ones. So for the Japanese card members, um, I mean, in, we had our, the, the online sales um, was uh, 73% in, in 2017, but now in 2020, it's 91%. Um, and uh, so we can see there's a clear shift uh, of our Japanese card members towards uh, e-commerce. Um, uh, when it comes to other regions like Taiwan, um, we, we have 98% growth even um, uh, e-com out of, all, um, of uh, the overall transaction volume. And actually when it comes to the, to the industries actually within e-commerce, we see a clear shift from travel to, uh, to retail. 
Um, so it's actually that the, uh, so it's about 30% decrease on the travel side, uh, which of course was fully shifted to retail, uh, the retail purchasing volume. Uh, I just want to mention, mention one more, uh, and that is Thailand, because uh, I said, what are the new countries to watch? So um, I, I see Thailand as, as in a, a really new country to watch. So also here, 80% increase, but um, um, there, there has, in, especially in for our Thai, Thai card members, there was a steady rise from, from a, already a high base in, in 2017. We had 54% e-commerce purchasing volume and that's uh, went up to 80% now if in Thailand uh, when it comes to our Thai card members uh, the, the spend volumes grew by 238% so that's really massive and that's between 2017 and 2018 um, and then we have a further 36% uh, growth in, in 2019 so let me just um, unpack a little bit of what you just said, just to summarize, I think the first big statistic that we talked about was 300% increase. And, and you talked about it in the sense of it's a pre-pandemic trend. It's not just a current situation trend and it will continue to increase. And then we then talked about um, kind of two different areas in the APAC region. One is your kind of mature market. So China, Japan, the, the obvious ones that people will look at. But actually you then started to delve into um, emerging markets and why it's important that you know European merchants are prepared for um, these customers because they're still spending and their appetite to spend is increasing and something that you mentioned about your introduction and who you are you come from a service-led industry and for me a service has to be useful and relevant and actually that's what payments does right now it offers usefulness and relevance especially during a pandemic when you can't get the goods that you want, e-commerce is the way that you can transact. So there is a correlation between that. Um, and yes, I think you, you mentioned quite a few statistics. So I think I would recommend everybody to go back into and read the um, e-commerce business without borders guide, just to kind of go through some of those a little bit more. So I guess that's a great segue into my next uh, question for you, because we talked about the APAC region being a growing region. We talked about, uh, you know, emerging markets. But really, if I'm here in Europe and I'm a merchant and I want to attract customers, how do they meet the expectation of such a diverse group, Thomas? What are the things that merchants need to do or retailers need to do to make sure that they are ready to welcome customers? As we already said, it is so. There's a lot of diversity here. So of course we have we have the needs of Thai card members. We have the needs of Taiwanese card members, uh, Japanese and then Chinese card members. But there is one key message. That's how I see it. And in my opinion, it is it is crucial to offer a smooth and frictionless customer shopping experience. That is the key to success. Um, convenient but still secure. You know, the, all the technology behind e-commerce is improving also when it comes to uh, security. Um, so the card members and our consumers feel more secure when they shop, um, shop uh, online. Um, um, the, for, the key, for, the, for the retailers, it, it is now really key to pivot, pivot their strategy, uh, to really come up with, an, with a sophisticated um, online 
um, strategy. Because when you do that, when you offer an attractive consumer purchasing experience, you are in the lead. I mean, everybody knows that these cross-border sales opportunities um, will really compensate the losses of store closures and the restrictions and will overcome the restrictions of physical shopping in, in Europe. And uh, I said online strategy. So it is an online strategy with, with four pillars, basically. It's embedded commerce. So... I, I can use an old-fashioned word, which is the omnichannel proposition, but uh, uh, it's not. Uh, this is maybe not such a modern word anymore. So I use embedded commerce here. Um, then, of course, as we said, there is a lot of diversity in, um, when it comes to our card members. We have uh, Thai card members, Taiwanese, and so forth and so forth. So. Um, of course, they may want to pay in their own currency. So a multi a multi currency payment, multi currency payment options would be also would be also very recommendable actually when that is being offered on 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 the website and also multi with it multi language capabilities. So that will make a, an e tailor store trusted and resilient. So um, that is where uh, an, an e tailor can build trust. And by doing that, by considering these four pillars, I think that is already the way to success to benefit from the international growth potential. Um, so, um, I mean, I can give some, some, a little bit of some, some background comments on, on these four pillars. Uh, um, the, when I say embedded commerce. Um, so, um, basically, of course, we, so embedded commerce, omnichannel, that means a combination of face-to-face -face and, and online shopping. Uh, that's, that's, the, that's the experience. Of course, the, the, the visitors, they will come back for sure. So definitely the recovery will happen. But, but when it comes, that is the recovery. When it comes to, the, to increasing profits, it, it is crucial to have a 24-7 availability through all sales channels. That, that is crucial. And that is what I mean with embedded commerce. Um, so um, that means this strategy should really consider all touch points, devices, all new technologies, especially, especially um, wallets, mobile wallets. Um, so that's um, uh, because the, there's, there's a, a big, a very good penetration in Asia, uh, PayPay or LinePay and so forth and so forth, quite many uh, products. I mean, just one more number. Um, it's it's in already the, uh, today, 58.4% of the total global e-commerce volume is being generated by digital and mobile wallet transactions from the APEC region. So you see clearly a trend here. Um, the European, and, and, uh, sorry, the global average is, is around 42%. Uh, is, is, uh, is so uh, it's already now the, the, the growth potential you can see here in, uh, from the APEC region. Um, so that is, these are just some, some quick words on embedded commerce. Um, Important also is, of course, secure, because security means trust. These are actually industry standards I'm talking about here. And that just really, it's, it's of course, JCB do fully support all 
industry standards. Uh, so, and uh, uh, for example, JSecure, uh, 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 which is the JCB version of uh, 3D Secure. So, um, of course, we support that. So, I just want to unpack two things that you just said, Thomas. I think the first one is um, that if a merchant was to partner with JCB, what you're saying is that actually we're standard across most payment schemes and that they don't need to invest in that technology because we have a standardized product. But the second thing you said was you talked about 3D Secure. Perhaps for someone that doesn't know what that means, can you just explain the authentication process that sits behind that uh, and what that means to the customer? When 3D Secure is being implemented, uh, it is basically a, a dynamic authentication. So that means it's not this, something static, which can easy, easily be copied or can be picked by a fraudster. It is the authentication met, met method always varies. So it's, it, is, um, it, could, be, um, it's, it's, uh, it could be a token, for example, um, or, um, um, so which is a unique token, which is unique for this transaction. Uh, that in combination with um, an, an unique ID, which is uh, which can be, for example, a device ID. Um, so something which is which is really unique for the shopper, and then some uh, information will be authenticated, which only the shopper can know. For example, so these are the the two three things which will be which will be checked when you do a 3DS transaction. In order for European retailers to be prepared, you've given us four tips. The first one is we need to have an embedded commerce strategy. The second one was to be able to offer multi-currency. The third one was uh, quite an obvious one, but actually not many um, platforms offer this, which is a multi-language capability. And then the final um, element that you talked about was security and trust. And I think that's something that both the customer wants the card member and the retailer, they want to make sure that that journey is secure at all points. So with that in mind, thank you very much for um, giving us that. I guess that the next obvious question for me is, what do they buy? What do they want to buy? What do they want to buy that's so exciting in Europe that they couldn't get at home? So maybe you can give us a little bit of an insight into what an Asian shopper might want uh, and or maybe give us a case study or on a particular uh, a group that I think would be interesting to the listener. Yes, that's that's an interesting one actually because that brings me a little bit back to uh, what I said earlier with what we just discussed with uh, trusted virtual stores. So um, we can see clearly uh, for a trend here. I mean, uh, the the best practice examples here really are um, what. A, want to stress or highlight, um, uh, for example, the UK luxury department stores, Selfridges and Herald. So um, they increased their online sales for JCB card members um, from 0.2% to to 15% over Last, uh, over four years, so that's really remarkable, and, uh, and especially Harrods, they are clearly benefiting from, benefiting from from uh, widening uh, their unified e-commerce offer uh, in 2017, and and basically they can now enjoy the harvest from this in investment because that clearly helps uh, to uh, to recover uh, post pandemic. Um, you said. Case study. There is one example from Germany, for example. It's uh, it's um, uh, a, a, it's that's so interesting. You never know where sales happens and face to face, but also of course online. You never know. 
And bike components is, is one of one of our uh, high quality partners in Germany. They they sell about they have a variety of about sixty thousand different products, uh, high quality product. Um, um, f from 250 bike bike brands, and they sell that um, in store um, and also online. And um, about two three years ago, we we uh, JCB um, we gave them gave them some advice how they can can make the virtual payment experience for JCB card members frictionless, and that with success. So after the the first three months, their sales volume rose by 42 percent with an average trans transaction volume of, of uh, 400 euros, which is quite interesting, I would say, and for sure attractive. So that, these are just some, some few examples of bike components, but, but you know, we are here to give advice and to support our partners. And that is what we like to bring life with all our partners, these kind of success stories here, for example. And, uh, um, but, um, back to your question again: Where are uh, what? Where do wanna? Where do uh, our card members wanna go online? Um, uh, I used this word earlier already: diversity. Um, so there is not an, a one-for-all solution, uh, but um, to encourage the growth, uh, e-commerce growth across Europe. It is very, very important uh, important to understand the needs of of, uh, of the customers. They have, the, you know, different different cultures. They come from different regions, um, and as as said, JCB have the expertise really to to give to give some let's say recommendations here. Europe remains as a top test destination for JCB card members because of the unique products and the services which are offered uh, by. Uh, renowned uh, European brands. Some examples, the Chinese card members. They, for example, they have a, a strong interest in British medical and education services. So we saw an, an increased uh, spending here. Um, so, um, and uh, about 70% um, of, of all e-com sales was, was actually accounted for this sector. And I think that's a really good point, Thomas, actually, that you just raised, which is, you know, JCB has a spend data to be able to to look at those customer trends and, and the surprising trends that come out from different um, customer segments to different markets. You know, you talked about the bike components case study. They are a German-based retailer selling products to Asia. And the specific case study that you mentioned was actually um, related to Chinese customers and, and bike components. And the average transaction being 400 euros. That's actually quite a lot of money, really, to be spending online, if you think about it. I mean, on top of that, of course, I mean, fashion, luxury, leather goods um, uh, from luxury retailers in, in France and Italy, these remain as prominent classic, of course. So that's, uh, uh, the, that's the constant layer, I have to say, shopping layer. But on top of that, I just wanted to um, uh, inform a little bit or point out some some quite interesting trends on top of that yeah I agree and and it's interesting actually Thomas because I guess the average or the kind of transaction uh, average transaction volume for a JCB customer throughout a year is anything from 10,000 to 30,000 US dollars and so if that product is attractive to them they will buy it and, and it's an important thing to know okay so 
I, it, I can't believe time goes so quickly, Thomas, but I'm, I'm coming to my last question for you. <laughs> right, okay. Some tips and insights for improving the online shopping experience. I think you've given us some uh, quite practical tips already with offering multi-currency and being uh, unified commerce and also having uh, the language. But are there, are there any other kind of tips that you can give us uh, or our retailers or anybody who's listening in order to enable mm-hmm. that online shopping experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. If, if I may refer maybe to, to our white paper. So there is a, there is a list of, of, of tips, actually. We have 10 tips there. Just very briefly, and maybe and then uh, I will come to uh, s- some few examples, but invest in good customer service, really. I mean, especially as Japan is a very, very high and very sophisticated service-oriented service country. Um, and excellent customer service is really will be your USP when it comes to uh, to an, an online shop, uh, and um, our card members really appreciate that. Um, that is this kind of excellent customer service can be uh, you know doing a quick Q and A when when you get requests from customers, uh, information requests, uh, when they receive uh, quick replies uh, to their to their questions. Then uh, no hidden costs. Uh, that's also very important. Uh, delivery costs, for example, taxes. Uh, could maybe implement an online calculator. Uh, you know, uh, maybe that would be would be useful as well. And and clear and simple return pro- returns processes. So that's really key. That would be my fourth hint and tip: is uh, don't underestimate the importance of shipping. Really. So that's. Um, very, 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 very uh, critical. Actually, it is essential that the, our customers can trust the goods will arrive in good condition. Actually, that is something our card members, our customers, are used to when they make do online shopping in Europe. Actually, and then interesting one, and here also we can give advice. We are more than happy, really, to support. Is um, Okay, I said. Okay, you you're available twenty four seven when you when you open with your online online uh, store. But still, there are peak times. Uh, there is there's a holiday season, which is different from region to region. And we have holidays in in China. We have holidays in Japan. International events. I mean, we all know Black Friday now. But there's another one. It's called Singles Day in China. So um, that. Um, that is, these are the peak shopping occasions um, throughout the year where, where you can really utilize the card member uh, shopping and purchase and yeah, shopping benefit, uh, uh, appetite. Sorry, yeah. So, for example, uh, in, 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 uh, for our Japanese card members, June and December are D months because in, during these months they, they receive their bonuses. So, obviously, they do a, a, a lot more shopping uh, online than they, they do for, uh, during the rest of the year. Um, Taiwanese card members, it's uh, the, the, the whole period from August to December, um, with a peak in November, for example. But again, um, we are more than happy to give advice here. So, just contact your local JCB team. Thomas, thank you so much. Um, I think you're, you've hit the nail on the head when you talk about the the service that the JCB account manager can give to the retail partner. There are so many insights that could drive that merchant on how to capitalize on Asian commerce that the best way to get in contact, I think, um, with either yourself or with myself or, or the rest of our teams 
is to email us at marketing at jcbeurope.eu. Uh, but unfortunately, Thomas, it has come to an end now. Uh, I could talk to you for hours. It's, it's great getting your insights. Um, and I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to talk to me. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Any listeners who want to download the e-commerce business without borders report to see our carbon but online spend in some detail can find the link in the show notes accompanying the podcast. We hope you enjoyed our chat and please look out for the next episode of Gateway to Growth coming soon. Until then, goodbye. Thanks for joining us on the Gateway to Growth podcast. If you found this episode useful, please share with your colleagues and network. And why not subscribe so you don't miss future episodes? Please send feedback and suggestions for future topics to our email address, marketing at jcbeurope.eu.